Exploding Erica's podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Live from New York City, it's the Erica Finn Show. And your host who gets up close and personal with celebrities from the stage and beyond, Erica Finn. Welcome to tonight's show. I am at the Neil Simon Theater, currently the home of The Illusionist, and I'm sitting here with one of the stars of The Illusionist, anti-conjurer Dan Sperry. You may have seen Dan in one of his jaw-dropping performances at America's Got Talent, Fox's World Magic Awards, or TLC's Cake Boss. He's currently appearing on Broadway in The Illusionist. I'm thrilled to be sitting here with him. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. Uh, so you call yourself the anti-conjurer. So that's your like self-described description. How would you explain that? Uh, I, the story behind it is actually really not very interesting at all. It was just uh, a, a thing I came up with a long time ago when I was younger, like in uh, in like middle school, and uh, and I thought it just sounded cool. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then when I got older, uh, coming in like uh, coming out of high school, really, I started. Uh, opening for bands and DJs and, you know, doing shows at, like, goth clubs and sort of, like, alternative, you know, rock clubs, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, opening for bands and doing all that, you know, it attracts a certain crowd. And I wanted it to... I, I didn't want, like, the, the word magician or illusionist to be on the on the flyers or the ads because people... It, it might be a bit of a turnoff, especially that kind of crowd. So I, I needed to come up with, a, a, a like, a title or a, a name description that says that, but maybe you can hide it in plain sight. And then I started using anti-conjurer uh, so that people might actually give me a chance and watch what I was doing instead of going to the bar or the merch stand or just showing up later. And uh, and then it just kind of stuck. People kind of liked it, so it just stuck. Yeah. Now, now where, what's your background? Because I hear like an accent that I didn't hear before when I saw the show. Uh, I got uh, a cold right now, so it's a little oh, bit, okay. my nose is a little uh, jacked up, but I'm originally from Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota, Midwestern. Yeah. Yep. I like it. I'm Midwestern too. Oh, okay. Your fascination with magic began began at age four. Yeah. What initially drew you to magic? Who first introduced you to magic? Well, uh, you know, like at about that age, I'd seen uh, magicians. I know I had right, but I hadn't <clears throat> seen uh, or I hadn't seen anything that's necessarily memorable. You know, I I know I'd seen a magician at like school or library birthday party or something. Um, Burger King, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I was a McDonald's fan, and uh, <laughs> Burger King. We didn't, we didn't do much with the Burger King in my town. But um, uh, uh, I, I when I, but when I was about four is when I got taken to see David Copperfield. My grandparents took me to see him, mm-hmm. and uh, and I had, I had no idea who he was. I didn't know magic could be that, you know, big and grand and uh, sort of over the top, theatrical, you know, with the lights, the whole thing. So I didn't really get it. You know, I'd seen, like, guys with, like, a handkerchief and a wand or something, you know, uh, one of which was probably even a clown at a birthday party, right? <laughs> so uh, I didn't know what this was all about. Didn't know magic could be, like, you know, big and, like I was saying, just big and grand and, you know, mm-hmm. over the top. So he would open with this uh, illusion right out of the right out of the box, first thing in the show, called the Death Zone, where he gets chained to this table, locked down, and uh, no boxes or anything. He has to escape before this giant spinning saw blade drops down on him, right? Every couple seconds, the blade drops a little bit closer, a little Uh bit closer. It's like a James Bond, like, villain contraption, right? Uh That James Bond usually gets put in or something. I hate James Bond. That's the only way I can describe (laughs) it. Boring. Uh, But but the trick wasn't boring. James Bond is boring. But, um, and, uh, and so, 
I'm watching this, and the premise is that it actually goes wrong, it's supposed to go wrong. Blade falls too soon, and you actually visibly see him get cut in half, like, boom, down, dead, not moving. So I see this, and I freak out, because I think this guy just died. You know, I think I just saw, like, I, I feel like I'm a little kid. I don't understand. Aww. So I think, like, you know, oh, my God, there's, there's a dead guy. I just saw a dead guy. Um, and, uh, and so I, I, I have a I spaz out. I'm freaking out. My grandparents they would take me to the lobby because I was making such a ruckus. And, uh, and we didn't go back in. I never saw him get put back together. <laughs> never saw it. So that was it. Over and out. And, uh, and so, like, as sort of like a, you know, way of showing, like, hey, it's, uh, you know, it's all, there's it, a magic trick, really, is what it is. It's just a magic trick. So I started getting, like, little, uh, you know, magic kits from the toy store. That kind of thing. And that's what sort of, like, sparked my interest, you know, early on. But it was really this, the, the, the thing that made me really, not even necessarily curious, but just more so, like, fascinated or confused mm-hmm. by it was the death saw. And then the, then being self-educated through little plastic toy magic tricks. Have you yeah. told uh, David Copperfield this story? No. Have he inspired you? No, no, no. no. Usually we, we don't talk about magic. A few times I've talked to him, mm-hmm. talked about other things. Now, now, yeah. now at age 11, you had your first paid show. Where was that show? That was for, uh, that, was, that was back in Minnesota. Let me see, from Minnesota. So mm-hmm. it was in July. thing about Minnesota in July, real human, real human. So it was an outdoor show uh, doing uh, magic tricks, little, little close-up magic tricks, you know, at this company, uh, like, party. Like a family, like, picnic for the company. So there were kids there, you know, husbands, wives, everything. So... I also had to uh, learn how to twist balloon animals for the kids. But I didn't know how to make balloon animals. I basically just learned how to make a dog, and that was it. So, uh, <laughs> kids got a dog. You know, uh, you know, they can call it an elephant if they want. Yeah, whatever they want. I don't care what color you want. I don't care what animal you want. You're getting a dog, screw off. You want to see a car trick. So, um, so I had to do that. And the thing about it was, uh, in order to get kind of my foot in the door on the scene, uh, there was a guy in our town... Who, who would do like shows like that, family shows, festivals, and birthdays and stuff. And he dressed up as a clown. And so he was getting out of the business. And, and I had like kind of been like uh, probably bothering him, quite frankly, probably annoying the hell out of him by just being like, how do you get shows? You know, how do you put on a show? I didn't know any of this. So he was actually cool enough to kind of like, you know, he owned a restaurant too in town. So we'd always, oops, sorry, I should turn that down. Uh, he owned a restaurant in town. And uh, we'd eat there, you know, we'd eat at his restaurant. So I'd see him, you know, and I'd be like, hey, so, you know, what's this about shows and what, how, you know, what's your business card look like? And, you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, so, it, so he's getting out of the business. And he started recommending me to these, like, easy shows that he just didn't want to do, you know. And, uh, and this was, like, four hours out in the sun, middle of the day, July, so humid, you know. And basically because they wanted to hire this guy, they wanted a clown. So for me to fill in for him, I had to become a clown. And it was the worst. And you were like the anti-clown. Yeah. Like, I didn't have a clown name. I don't know what name. you were like at 11, but... No, it was pretty much the same deal. <laughs> didn't have a clown name, didn't have a clown voice, didn't have a clown anything. I was just, I was just like Dan Sperry, magician. I'm a magician. And I'm doing magic tricks, and I just happen like to look like a clown. clown. from like Seinfeld. Uh, not Seinfeld, from uh, The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. The like Krusty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, the, so, you know, yeah, it was, it was kind of like that. So that's um, that was the first real gig was just doing that and like just sweating the makeup on my face. Because I didn't know anything about makeup. I'm just smearing stuff on. I didn't really have an outfit. It was just some stuff kind of thrown together that I had, you know, partially my regular clothes. I don't know what that says about me. 
and then uh, partially just some stuff from like a you know like a Goodwill or like a you know Salvation Army you know mm-hmm. just grabbing well this looks weird you know it's a weird jacket and this weird thing here and whatever so now your, your persona of you know D- David Copperfield meets Marilyn Manson kind of like the dark side of magic mm-hmm. um at what age did you really develop that, or you know, did something click for you? Is it just? Well, no. I mean, I had always been interested and been like fascinated, and just sort of attracted to, uh, well, pirates. I wanted to be a pirate when I was a kid. I wanted to be Captain Hook, right? So uh, I was always kind of just into like this alternative sort of culture. My mom was an English teacher. She went to uh, England to actually student teach. And I remember she her, she came back and uh, was telling you know and I remember hearing her talk about punks, mm-hmm. and I and this is when I was I don't know I was probably like eight, you know what are punks and, they, and she showed me pictures and I was like these, these are people these are just people right like this is just how they dress and every day that sounds awesome you know like this is amazing like mm-hmm. this sounds great and then as I got what older what about it was awesome to you because you can play make believe. Oh. It's make believe and it's dress up and it's it's uh, yeah, it's just, just make believe, you know, and in real life and that, and that and that's what's great. Um, and so uh, okay, and so uh, so yeah, so that kind of asked me. It wasn't until later when I started hearing actual punk music that I that I that I liked it, you know. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. My friends like in, in school, you know, uh, starting in. You know, yeah, probably uh, early middle school, all through you know high school. We were, you know, we we had little garage bands, and you know, we were, we would skip school to go drive down to Minneapolis and watch, you know, watch concerts, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff, and dirty little you know venues and stuff, and it was awesome. And so that's kind of so that's always been there, but I couldn't be 15 years old rolling into Tommy's eight-year-old birthday party looking like how I looked every day. <laughs> so I'd have to sort of like sell out in that sense, show up, you know, comb my hair back, take some of my piercings out, you know, wear my church clothes to go to these magic shows. And then uh, and then go back about my regular yeah. life uh, business uh, in, 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 you know, in reality. And so it wasn't until I was older that I was allowed to do that. Oi, I'm doing an interview, man. Read your emails. So I, uh, I, uh, for FYI, everyone listening, we are sitting in the theater. You want butts in these seats or what? <laughs> Give me a minute. So. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So. So. Uh, so. I, um, I, 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 it was as I was older that I had at least a record, you know, of like consistent shows and people, you know, uh, hiring me word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, can I start to really sneak that stuff into did my regular Did you have any kind show. of formal training or did you teach yourself or how did you... Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I had um, the guy who helped me when I was younger, you know, mm-hmm. he, he kind of showed me a little bit and then lots of books, you know, uh, from the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, back back then, there was like mail order magic catalogs, you know, and stuff and, uh, and I got a hold of those. There were, you know, there were magic shops in the Twin Cities in mm-hmm. Minneapolis, St. Paul. So whenever we'd go into, you know, the cities, I'd, I'd be able to, you know, I'd try and convince magic shop you know mm-hmm. let me you know blah 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 and then birthday Christmas all I'd ask for was magic tricks you know mm-hmm. I'd go through the catalogs or I'd find a circle it write it down page number you know uh, item number one two three four five you know and turn that into to my parents and be like this is you know 
this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And then it was just kind of a lot of trial and error, you know, what's lots the, more error what's than the What's inspiration now? Like for when you, how do you come up with your new tricks? What's your process? I don't know. I just kind of like stuff that, uh, <clears throat> um, boy, there is no real answer, man. You know, it's like, I kind of do a little bit of the, uh, what do I think would look cool? Uh, what could be cool to the audience? Mm-hmm. How can I take something that is traditionally proven as a great piece of magic and, and make it my own and yet keep it still, in, 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 you know, enjoyable by the audience? Is there anything that's, like, surprised you that you didn't think the audience would like as much as they do or vice versa? Something that, you know... Oh, there's always things that I think the audience is going to like and then they don't. Yeah. That happens all the time. Then, uh, things that I don't, that, that, that I didn't think they like then does... Uh, that's tough. Uh, I'm sure it's happened. I can't yeah. think of anything in particular. I love your dog. I love your birds. Like I, I love oh, your yeah. birds. Thanks. I love you pull them all out. I love for when you cover the cage and, you, and the cage is gone. I mean, to me, that's. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts of the entire show. Thanks. Um, yeah. I mean, I, that's like one thing that's like evolved since when I was younger. Yeah. I started doing that when I was like 13. How long have you had those birds? Uh, various. Like some, yeah. some are like five, like five to eight mm-hmm. years old. Is yeah. it hard to train birds? Uh, the doves, yeah. Uh, yeah. The cockatoo, they're a little bit smarter, but that can also work to your disadvantage because mm-hmm. they're so smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but like I said... You ever so get bit during a trick? No, the doves don't bite. Okay. The parent doesn't <laughs> bite. I mean, he bites his hook bill. You know, that, now we're talking about anatomy of, of, of birds, but the hook bill, he'll bite. But, uh, I mean, he's only bit me. I've had him 11 years. He's maybe bit me less than a handful of times mm-hmm. that's been enough to where like you know he's drawing blood and stuff but you know mm-hmm. you know their body language and you get to you know uh, understand them mm-hmm. you know there's things in the show sometimes I give him a night off I don't use him all the time like if I feel like he's having a fussy day I'll just call down to the stage man and be like hey we're not you know we're not you know doing not using the bird tonight you know the big guy you know because uh, I just don't I don't want to make him do it. Do you have you a group know? of like magic friends that you feel like you can bounce ideas off of, or mm, some guys do, some guys don't. Per se, I mean, I don't have many mm-hmm. uh, because it's like you know, it's it, it it takes a particular type, somebody who either really knows me uh, and knows what my you know what I'm about to to understand. You know, so yes to a degree, but no to more mm-hmm. of a degree. Yeah, so no, not really. Now you have, um, you've had the opportunity to tour all over the world. And I thought you, mm-hmm. you even were on a show, uh, I'm going to botch the name. I don't know, maybe. Das. The Super Talent. Yes. Yeah. How did that come about? How did you end up on a German show? Well, I, uh, I studied German in high school. And I've always been fascinated by German. My sister, uh, her degree was in international business. And she lived in Germany for, for a long time. And so, uh, so, so, in, in, in where I went to school, you had to take two, la- you, had to, you had to take a language, two years of a language in order to actually just graduate. Mm-hmm. And the language that they offered was Spanish or German. And I was like, well, I'm taking German because, like, German's just a sexy language. Like, German's a sexy language when you hear it spoken. I don't care what they say about Spanish. <laughs> That's not a romance language. German's a romance language, man. And, uh, and so, uh, and and uh, and I've always been kind of fascinated with their with their history and their culture. I mean, we got a rocket program from the Germans. Basically, we stole their ideas. You know, <laughs> like that's how we got to the moon. Really, you know. So like that stuff has really fascinated me. You know, the crazy ideas that they had. 
Um, and they had a lot of crazy ideas. But like, uh, and so 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 anyway, so so I had uh, heard about this, and and uh, and I got contacted uh, by the guys because they'd seen me through the America's Got Talent stuff that mm-hmm. I did. And uh, and and originally, um, they're gonna bring me over as like special guest, but I said I'd rather just you know try to let me just do the show like normally, and because uh, I'd like to try and legitimate try to establish a presence over there. Mm-hmm. I want to come and mm-hmm. try to expand my brand over in, in Europe because I feel like my style is more uh, absorbed and appreciated in that sense over there because you know. You get like death metals in Norway and you know all that uh-huh. stuff. So I got friends in bands that are like in industrial bands <clears throat> and um, that kind of thing. And uh, and the, you know and it's a it's a great region if that's kind of you know you got Rammstein coming out of Germany. You know like that all that whole thing is uh, is more my scene. And so I felt it would be it would be a good investment in my career to to try and see what I can do over there in that sense. And it worked out all right. I, I, I placed in the top three. I, I was number three. So awesome. That was all right. Yeah. yeah. And I see you're going back to Germany in March. Yeah, I go back like once or twice a year and do shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I went back last year for like four shows. Uh, I'm doing like two or three in March, and then I'm doing a little bit longer tour next fall. In so is that show similar to what you do during The Illusionist? Is it a whole Oh, no, it's way more act? far out. I can't do all the fun stuff in The Illusionist because they got to got to tone it down. PG-13 it? Like, so what's that, like something that's really far out there? Uh, I probably shouldn't talk about it. Oh, okay. But it's cool. <laughs> you got to come see the show, man. You got to come see the Dance Berry show. But also... Germany's far, but I would Germany love to come. Okay. I would love to well, come. Well, <laughs> if you find a cheap ticket, okay. I'll get you in. <laughs> um, you have diehard fans that are called Abraka Bastards. Yeah. How did this come about? Who coined that phrase? Oh, I came up with that phrase. You did. Yeah. I love um, that. Yeah, that was just because like... There's all these, you know, like, believers, mm-hmm. you know, all this, like, self-fulfilling, like, you know, kiss-the-ring, like, mm-hmm. self-absorbed titles that all these artists give their fans, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And I just always thought that was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I thought, like, what if I just, like, insulted my fans? I came up with, like, this terrible name and just see if see if it goes. And it got absorbed because it kind of is, like, twofold because it's kind of, like, in a way... It, they're kind of like bastard fans of bastardized magic. You mm-hmm. know, I'm kind of a bastardized performer. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it there there is a there is a love behind it. You know, there is a positive, but it's also just kind of like it grew out of a negative and mm-hmm. became a positive and a, mm-hmm. and a and a and a title and a badge of honor. You know, to have have that, I think, and mm-hmm. it and it kind of became like uh, like legionish. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Who do you, um, you've toured for a while with the Illusionists. Who are you closest with? Uh, probably Jeff Hobson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Yep. Yeah. We were actually talking about doing a show together uh, where it's me and him. And then, I, you know, I've, like, I'm speaking of bastard. And then I find out, like, he's my dad, you know. <laughs> and then it's, like, this weird thing. And this whole thing happens. And at the end, we kiss or something. <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't planned out all the details yet. But we're working on I'll it. I'll be there. Keep, keep me posted. Okay. Um, what do you like to do in your free time? I'm sure you don't have much of it, but... Nope. Uh, my free time is just still spent up working. I got, I got a side business called Zombie Java. Got my own coffee company. So I'm constantly plugging and shipping and fulfilling orders with that, even oh, remotely wow. from here. You said and, it's coffee? Uh, yeah, it's coffee. Yeah, it's coffee. And, uh, and then other than that, it's just, yeah, working and plotting the next 
move mm-hmm. to keep riding the wave. Mm-hmm. And then if Does I that really get have, exhausting, like you know, like it's not just you; it's anyone in this kind of field. Yeah, like, I think you just gotta love it enough mm-hmm. that it doesn't get exhausting. But uh, but really, whenever there is real free time, I either go to Disneyland or Disney World. Really? Yeah. What's your favorite ride? Depends. If we're talking Disney World, Haunted Mansion Disney World is my favorite. Disneyland Space Mountain Disneyland is my favorite. But Tower of Terror is pretty good too. Tower Tower of Terror in, in Orlando. That's the one. I love that one too. Yeah. Um, how is it? You know, I know you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, does your wife tour with you at all? Or you not know, really. The... She's got her own uh, business doing her. She's an artist, mm-hmm. so she she does all stuff through the internet too. People buy her uh, her sculptures and her, her artwork. She does a lot mm-hmm. of custom stuff. Actually, and she also she gets hired up by guys who build magic tricks. So she's painted a lot of you know some of these props and stuff mm-hmm. that you see on stage. Where do you see yourself ten years from now? Probably dead. But uh, no. <laughs> I, don't know why um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't try and look too far ahead. I'm, I'm really appreciative. I've already everything, even not even in the illusionist. Everything before that, I was totally fine with being a birthday party magician for the rest of my life. If I was doing birthday party school assemblies, you know that level, it's fine with me. You know, as long as I get to just do magic tricks. And uh, so this has already been beyond everything I thought I'd be doing. What's, so what, where does the pleasure come from? Is it seeing the reaction of the people? Like, uh, for you, where does the thrill still come from? Is uh, it the yeah. art of doing it? What's no, the... it's, it's the it's the vicariously living through the audience in them seeing and reacting, experiencing something uh, that um, yeah, that's that's magic, that's magical, you know, that they can't explain, they can't figure out. Uh, or not so much that they can't figure it out because it's not a contest of me versus them like trying to figure it out mm-hmm. that you can't figure it out I tricked right. you you know it's just more or less like uh, you know just seeing something that's not supposed to happen yeah the wonderment mm-hmm. the wonderment that's what it is yeah. the wonderment a question I ask everyone what's one thing you'd like to tell your 15 year old self mm. I don't have anything. My 15-year-old self, I think, did exactly what he was supposed to be doing at that time. Uh, maybe that Rebecca Atkinson is maybe not the best chick to ask out. <laughs> Other than that, Rebecca Atkinson, probably not. But, you know, didn't work out so good. But, uh, yeah. Well, we all have one of those, right? Yeah. One or more of yeah, those, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I have a little game called Speed Through. I'm okay. Rapid fire 10 questions at you. Perfect. All right. All right. Morning person or night owl? Uh, both. You just don't go to sleep ever. <laughs> what do you have for breakfast today? I never eat breakfast. No, really? Nope. Biggest pet peeve? Uh, boy. I don't know. People who bring their kids to places that they're not supposed to bring their kids to. Three things you can't live without. Uh, coffee, Red Bull, and Netflix. If you had a beta fish, what would you name him? Mmm, probably, uh... Billy. Billy. New York City or L.A.? New York City. L.A. is disgusting. I hate L.A. The people there are just fake and phony and just full of themselves and need to get out of their own stupid bubble. We are real in New York. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Absolutely. Every, everywhere is real except L.A. Ugh. Makes me want to puke. Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel? Mm, Jim Morrison. If you were going to dinner at Chris Angel's house, what would you bring? 
I, that's that's not even a legit question because that would never happen. <laughs> I don't think I'm. I don't think I have a, a, a card to that library. <laughs> One word that sums up your experience thus far in the Illusionists. Uh, boy, challenging. And one way you live life to the fullest every day. What's, what, what's the last one? One way you live life to the fullest every day. What, that's a question. Mm-hmm. What's one way? Oh, what's one way? I yeah, didn't hear the yeah. first part. I'm sorry. One way that I live life to the fullest every day? Um, just do it. I just do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You get, you want, yeah, because life is the fullest. We're only going one direction. Be free. No, no regrets. No regrets. No. Just you don't yourself. worry about people judging you. No, yeah. no. I could have gotten fired for probably what just got said. If I get fired, mm-hmm. I get fired. Yeah. They know they were in the wrong. You're, you're not getting fired. Oh, we don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that. I've been threatened I over less. I have a pretty, pretty good, pretty good <laughs> suspicion. Everyone, go see Dan Sperry. He's in The Illusionist now. It's currently playing on Broadway at the Neil Simon Theater through January 3rd. You can also see The Illusionist on tour nationwide. For tickets, visit theillusionistslive.com. Well, Dan. we got a TV special. When does this go up? Um, this, this will go up after both. Oh. But everyone could, you know, check it on their on demand. Like tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check your Hulu because we got yeah. uh, our TV special coming out tomorrow. On NBC tonight. It's going to be tomorrow awesome. Night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, I'm looking forward to that. The, the way it was shot, I mean, I know, I don't know how many of your listeners watch like a lot of like magic on TV or whatever. This is a whole new gamut. Lots of one takes. It was, it was shot beautifully. It, I mean, the little bit that I saw as they were putting it together, man, it looks amazing. It's going to be was awesome. Was it shot here? It was not shot here. It was shot in uh, Orpheum in downtown L.A., speaking of places <laughs> I hate. But, like, uh, but the, the, the theater was great. The way they put it together looked amazing. But, uh, yeah, no, check it out. Yeah, on your Hulu, it's probably going to end up on YouTube, I'm sure, at some point. But, uh, yeah, or set your, what is it, what, go back on your on-demand blah de blah yeah. <laughs> exactly what he said. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully see you guys at Delusionist. It's the best-selling magic show in Broadway history. How it can really you is. not want to come and see this? I can vouch for it. It was great. Good night, everyone. Night-night. You have been listening to The Erica Finn Show. We would love to hear from you. Contact the show with any guest requests or comments at the Show at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter.